Loading. Artist. Audio. Insight. Otcast. Verb. Interview with artists working today. Otcast. Noun. Insights into the work and process. Hello, and welcome to Otcast. I'm your host, Philip J. Mellon. Loading. Artist. Audio. Insight. Let me just welcome you to Otcast, Julia. Thank you very much, Phil. You're welcome. Wait, do you go by Phil? Phil's fine. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Um, so when creating a work, do you use any sketches or preliminary work in the process? I, I tend not to use sketches or drawing, although, so when I'm working on canvas, I go pretty much straight to painting directly on canvas. Uh, what I do, though, is I, I've been working on Yupo paper, uh, working with gouache as a kind of a separate process. And those I think of as somewhat as preliminary work or as work that is kind of, um, complementary to the, to the, uh, work on oil or work in oil. Uh, right. And oftentimes right. they're, um, they're parallel. They're works in parallel. Okay. But I, yeah, I don't do prep work um, or drawings. Yeah. The, now, did you say you use on the smaller works on the uh, Yepo? Yes. Is that, did you say gouache or? It's gouache. Oh, okay. And Yepo paper, I don't know if you're familiar with it. Uh, it's this polypropylene paper, very slick surface. And it's, uh, it's been a great, uh, way to experiment. It's great for traveling. So, because yeah. oil obviously is not very good for uh, taking around with you. It doesn't dry fast, but um, gouache works uh, very well on on Yupo paper, and you can kind of wipe it down. It's almost like an etch a sketch if you don't like what you oh wow. wipe it down. Yeah. So that sounds cool. Yeah, that's been great. A lot of fun. For a while, I was working not so much in the daytime um, because when the weather's bad, uh, we had a lot of rain uh, in the winter, and so I wasn't working as much in the studio, uh, in the garage studio, but I was painting every night, and um, so, so I would paint in the house from like 11 to 2, uh, with the gouache on Yupo paper. So I, I had what I called the, the insomnia series. Oh. And painted just, you know, constantly, um, three hours a night, something like that. Um, right. So. Oh, wow. So oh, I'm thinking you were saying 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Oh, no, 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 no. Look, 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. Oh, I guess that makes sense with the insomnia series. <laughs> yeah. I should have clicked in my yeah. head, but it didn't. Yeah. So my next question is, do you use any technology in your work, like photos of the computer? I don't do anything with the computer. Uh, I would say I don't use photos in the sense of wanting to draw um, from them in a kind of photorealistic way, but I have used images 
as a kind of jumping off point. So there was a series that was um, kind of uh, inspired, it's hard to say inspired by, I was really affected by some of the images after hurricane, the, the hurricane after uh, Sandy. The stars, right, right. Particularly the images of flooded studios and galleries that really oh, yeah. got to me. And so it was those images um, that I actually took into the studio. Maybe not even in a literal way. I didn't necessarily take the photographs, but uh, kind of a mental picture that right. stayed with me. And then there was also a series that I did that uh, in the aftermath of the tsunami and the uh, Fukushima meltdown and, and the Japan earthquake. And with that led into a series of paintings of, of icebergs, islands right. and icebergs. And with those, I actually did look at some photographs of, of uh, icebergs. Okay. But uh, in general, I'm working more from a kind of, um, it's hard to say mental place, because that, that makes it seem like it, it's an intellectual place. I don't think it's an intellectual place. It's just more from um, a kind of a reverie state. So I'm not really looking at images. I'm just kind of trying to be open to um, the the experience of being in the studio. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that's interesting because, you know, some of the backstory of those sort of um, – I guess you can say that there were tragedies, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, that's one actually one word I wrote down from looking at your work. So I think that's interesting to get some of the backstory. Oh, and, which word? Oh, tragedy. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it, somehow it shows. Oh, well, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, I was thinking, too, I feel really affected by this, um, the bombing. I was thinking yeah. that must be, you know, you're right there. Or pretty close to there. I mean, you're, yeah, yeah. is that right? Um, I live an hour south of Boston. Uh, yeah. I spent five years in Boston and, um, I just feel really, uh, affected by it. Every, I think I put, I posted this on, on Facebook. Every time I hear a Boston accent, I feel really moved by it. Yeah. Having lived there. Um, and I, I don't know how that's going to carry into the studio, but I imagine it, it probably will. Right. So, and, and you know, it's interesting that you pick up on tragedy. I, I, don't, I, I don't mean to identify myself exactly as the tragedy painter, but yeah, I yeah. think I kind of see myself as being open to... Um, how do I want to say it? Just kind of the, the world as as it unfolds, world events, personal events, um, and tragedy is part of it. So, yeah, yeah, it's an unfortunate part of life. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. You ready for another question? Sure. Okay. How do you get yourself out of creative block? Hmm. You know, I, I I thought that was a really interesting question. I used to think, oh, well, I don't have, had I ever, I wondered, have I ever had one? Because I just 
felt like I painted pretty continuously, but then I realized I think I just paint. Oftentimes I'm just painting regardless. Recently, though, I think I have um, lulls in the work or maybe maybe it's that the work, the, the depth of the work ebbs and flows. Uh, I think sometimes the work kind of comes up to the surface. It's coming from a different place, and then it goes deeper. I don't know if I'm explaining this very well. In a particular painting, if I'm struggling with it, I might, you know, come back to it. I'll turn it to the wall. I'll walk away from it. I'll flip it upside down. I'll abandon it. I'll paint over it. I'll scratch it, you know. If I have a more protracted period, I accept, okay, that's just what it is, and I paint through it. Uh, I think switching to the um, gouache on Yupo might have been a kind of creative block. I mean, it was true that I got sick, and so I wasn't out in the studio, and I, I switched it out to this other work. I mean, I think... There were multiple factors involved in that switch, and I was doing a very different kind of work. I mean, it was, you know, the Yupo um, and the, the work on the work with gouache was a very different kind of painting for me. It's almost meditative. Um, it was very different kinds of color combinations, different kind of work, really different for me. Yeah. Is it? Uh, do you find it more fluid than some of the other paints that you can use? Or? Uh, yes, um, and the. I mean, I haven't used acrylic in years. I was having this conversation with um, with another artist. I can't remember the last time I used acrylic. I don't think I remember how to use acrylic. I'm so used to working in oil. Um, yeah. And, but I think I I. Um, I kind of stepped back from it for a while. And then it's been in the last couple of months that I I think the weather shifted and then a few other things shifted, and I just um, went deep into that painting again. And I think I, maybe that was a kind of creative block, but I, hadn't, I didn't realize it until... Uh, it was more in retrospect that I realized, oh, maybe that's what that was. So that's right. maybe the now because you made the switch, or, or I think I think I realized only in 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 retrospect that that was a, a kind of block. But I don't. I still don't know. I yeah, don't yeah. Know. But, <laughs> so maybe the the solution, or maybe the way I get out of a creative block, is I switch mediums. Maybe that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting, and I guess it is something that you'd probably only figure out in hindsight. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I never stopped painting. I just switched um, switched mediums. Right, right. When did you fall in love with art? I feel like you became an artist. Well, that's, a, that's also a kind of interesting question because I, I think my... My original identity, if you want to call it that, was as an artist. When I was a little kid, I was making art from the time I was really small. 
but my professional identity was uh, in something very different. Um, I didn't study art or practice it in a kind of um, sustaining way until I was an adult and established in another career. So, um, but I made art all the time on my own in smaller ways throughout my life. And then it's only been in the last 10 to 15 years that I, I kind of came back to it and I took classes for a while. I took my first art class outside of high school, I guess, maybe 15 years ago. And then I opened up my art studio and I stopped taking classes and just began working on my own and started showing in galleries um, probably in the last 10 years, I guess. And um, so I think of myself in, in a kind of sort of solid identity in that way, um, probably just in the last um, 15 years, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But I think I've always been an artist. I've always had that kind of sense of myself. And if you ask anybody who knew me as a kid, they would say, well, of course, that's what, you know, you've always been that way. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> They're not surprised. Right. Right. How do you feel the computer or the Internet helps or hurts an artist? Um, I think it's been really helpful for me. I, because I didn't study art, I didn't go to art school, it's been um, really helpful for me. It's been a way to get a kind of education and connect with a community. I mean, you know, I met you that way. I've met a lot of people through Facebook. That's one way. I mean, I guess... Right. That's one aspect of the computer. That's social media, um, but I don't think of it as social media. I think of it as a as an an artist community. Yeah, um, and that's been really uh, helpful to me. Um, but I think it's also I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about um, contemporary art. I've learned something about art history. I've learned a lot about the technical aspects, practical and, you know, practical aspects of being an artist, like how do you set up a studio? I mean, I've done things like go to studio um, visits with artists and learned, oh, okay, this is how you set things up. But just things like, you know, how do you clean your brushes? How do you, what mediums do you use? What kind of paint do you use? Those things that one might learn in art school, uh, I didn't really learn that. And so it's been extremely helpful. Uh, I Google everything. Uh, yeah. But I've also had a, a you know great education courtesy of my friends who might say, this is, you know, check out this artist and then I'll go to that artist's web page. And, you know, I'm, I'm some, I mean, I'm a very shy person by nature, but I've been, more um, fearless about reaching out to people um, and sending messages to people be- just because I feel drawn to their work. 
Right, yeah. yeah. Well, there's, I find that a lot of the artists on, that I've met, artists tend to be the nicest people and really approachable in some way, even the contrary to sort of what I guess would be known to what what most people would think. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you have that common bond, which, which you know, it, it can bring you together and you always have something to talk about. Right. I mean, I still remember some of our early contacts, you and me. I mean... Yeah, I remember yeah. that? And oh, I, I that one painting floored me. Really? Yeah. And yeah, and I remember I had to come back like like it was like a week later, and I had to finally say something because I I didn't know what to say at first. I just knew there was it was striking. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure what I can't think of the title right now, but I know the image is in my head. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I think th- there is this sense that we're all. Or many of us, I think, work in isolation. And then, so there's, you know, a need on the one hand for that isolation or for some amount, some degree of solitude, but you, you can't have a, a steady diet of that. You, sometimes you need to come out and have some contact with people. Yeah, yeah. And so there's this kind of back and forth and ebb and flow there. And, um so but but so, so sometimes that um that internet can be really helpful and then sometimes it can overdo it. Right. Uh, I worry sometimes I'm on there too much. <laughs> well, the other thing is that there's um I've had lots of opportunities because of it. Um I just um curated the show for the first time. I'd never done that, but I had an idea I wanted to try. And I, so I got in touch with, I don't know if you know Brian Edmonds. Right. Also yeah, yeah. Somebody I met through Facebook. And, you know, he's got this great site called Curating Contemporary. And I thought, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'll try it. Because I thought, I thought it was a great idea. And I found some artists I thought would be great for my idea and I put together the show and I think first of all I now have tremendous appreciation I I already did have appreciation for what curators do and what gallerists do but now I'm really appreciative of what they do because it's not easy to curate I can't even imagine how hard it is to actually have to do it in the bricks and mortar type yeah I still have ideas that it would be fun to to do see it in real life yeah, it'd be great, wonderful. It was a great experience, and uh, it's you know it's, it's very gratifying to put something like that together. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful site too. Yeah, you know. Yeah. What would you say feeds your work more? Your other work, or looking at other art, or something other than that? Well, you know, I I think about that. That's an interesting question, and I I, I think though. The, you know, the other work that I do as a psychoanalyst is, you know, how do I want to say this? Um, the way I approach my work, both as an artist and as an analyst, there's so much embedded in what it is to be kind of um, a human. I don't know if that sounds crazy but it's 
I, I don't see them as being um, just like jobs or occupations or yeah, careers. Yeah. They're just, they're so embedded in um, what it is to be um, the, uh, me. So yeah, yeah. it's like I can't, uh, they're inseparable. Right. So I, I can imagine, I'm sorry. Yeah, go, no, go. Oh, well, no, I don't, um, I just feel like with, one and the other that you you kind of in both have a process and both you have to be sort of observant and objective and maybe that's just a tip of the iceberg as far as how they're connected yeah right each one feeds the other and so i think being an artist has had a profound effect on how i am as a psychoanalyst being a psychoanalyst has a profound effect on how I am and who I am as an artist. I can't separate those things. It, it, they're also very much, they, they influence how I am or who I am as a person. Right. And so, and how I view uh, everything, life, being a, you know, just sort of being a person in the world. So I was thinking, how would I describe it? Just as I was thinking about this interview and I thought it's sort of like the way I do my art isn't from the shoulder down. It's like it's all the way. It's not yeah. head down. It's like all just sort of all of it's all, all the way. Right. If that makes like sense. All of the being. Perhaps? Something like that. Yeah. 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 And so it's all kind of everything feeds everything. Just like you said, the word tragedy came to your mind. Um, and, and it's not like I walk around like, uh, you know, everything's tragic all the time. Because um, I don't, I, I'm actually like, for the most part, I'm a pretty happy person. All right. um, not all the time, but. That's nothing wrong with serious work. Right. It's, but it's sort of like there's a kind of existential, um, actually that sounds kind of heavy handed, but, you know, it's just, this is, again, it's it's sort of not like a just a product that I'm making. It's just sort of. A, it seems to be like sensitive reactions, really. Yeah. Maybe that's a nice way to put it because I'm, now I'm drawing a blank as to how to <laughs> express it. <laughs> well, like I've been having this conversation with a good friend of mine, um, and we're just kind of throwing back and forth the idea that words aren't the medium; the the image is our medium. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciated your kind words about my writing because writing just does not come naturally. It is very hard for me to find words. Oftentimes, I think the the more I've been painting, the more wordless I've become. So, oh, yeah. say that again. The more I, the longest, the longer I've been painting, the more wordless I've become. Very hard. That's great. Yeah. Well, yeah. great, except not great. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's yeah. It's an artist quote. Yeah. Directly from Julia Schwartz. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, it's worth documenting okay. that, and I hope right. everyone writes that down. Okay, <laughs> document that. Yeah. <laughs>
You ready for another question? Sure. Okay. How important is formal art training to an artist? Uh, well, this will be a tricky question to, for somebody who didn't have formal art training. Um, you know, if I could have had art training, um, I think I would have really enjoyed it. It would have been yeah. great. Uh, I started this process too late. Um, how important is it? I don't know. I really don't know the answer. Uh, I just had this conversation with Chas Garabedian, uh, and he's, he told me one of his teachers told him that at 32 he was too old to learn technique, so he had to go straight for the poetry. That, that I thought was a great line. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I so I really I just I don't know I don't know what to say about that. I think uh, it would be you know a wonderful thing could be a wonderful thing, but you know on on a mul on a multitude of levels, uh, learning about art. Listen, I mean, if they could bring it into um, schools, that would be great too. But right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like earlier and earlier in in the experience. Right. Yeah. Uh, when I was taking art classes, I had teachers that really. I had one a painting teacher who's really um, very helpful. She really would have been able, she would have wanted to teach me a kind of classical technique, but I was not a willing student. I just wanted to do my own thing. She would have been great at teaching me how to mix paint, how to do, you know, learn almost like Renaissance techniques. And, and I would have been very classically trained, you know, although at a later age. And I was just, I mean, I guess I was the, an example of that. Garabedian idea. I wanted to go straight for. I don't know if it's poetry, but it was. I had something I wanted to say, and I was just going to go straight to that. So. Well, it's. Um, you wanted to go straight to what you had to say. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't willing to to learn technique. It's funny because I feel like your paintings are, they're, you know, there's like blurs a line, but that they're actually drawn quite well, if that makes sense. Oh, thank you. Um, You're welcome. Just just your, to call them like line work is just, you know, there's a lot of spirit there, and and I I never would have guessed that you didn't have an extensive art training background. Oh, let's, let's delete that part from the interview, and nobody will know. <laughs> Never. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, so be it. Well, that's, that's interesting. You know, I haven't. I don't know. I don't know what to say about them. Yeah. Well, it just seems like it's really different for everybody, and that tends to be some of the answers that I get. Yeah. With that question, because you know, it's you know, even with art, which is you know, like a like a program would not necessarily be right for everyone. Mm -hmm. And so you may not excel right away, right through school. 
and then it might happen later, or it might happen earlier, or, or because of it, or not because of it. There's really no telling what should be the golden rule with that. Right. I mean, here's the one thing I would say about formal art training. I think the one thing that I sometimes hear about art training is that uh, for some people who go in... Let me think how I want to say this. They've gone in with a kind of spirit. I'm going to use your word. And, but they've been in programs, or they've gone in with a kind of, with a point of view. I'm not even sure if that's the right way. They have a place, they have a direction they, they're already going, and they've gone into programs where the, the school has tried to kind of put them, point them in another direction. The school's not been supportive of the, the place they're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's unfortunate. Um, so it's sort of like if if you're a painter and you're in a program that's very invested in conceptual art, or if you're a conceptual artist and you're in a program that that only wants um, you know representational artists graduating, then it's a terrible fit, and right. that's not that's not good for anybody. So that's just painful. Right, yeah, to be guided when you don't need to be guided. Right, or this recipe for just sorrow and frustration and um, unhappiness. Right. We have have a a soundtrack for the interview, the birds thing. Oh, yeah, I love these birds. I, I go nuts listening to these birds. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm glad you can pick that up. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Um, who are some of your favorite artists? Uh, well, wow, okay. Uh, some of my favorite artists, I think, well, let's see. Some of the ones that I have liked over the years, over the years there were some figurative artists that um, that I've loved, like uh, Sheila and... Well, Demon Corn is both some, you know, figurative work, but also the Ocean Park series. And, yeah. oh, my God, you know, I, I I loved seeing that show because I drive past those streets all the time. Oh, wow. And I can see his paintings right. in those streets. And I could see those streets in the work. I mean, it's just... It was such an amazing experience for me. That was just fantastic. Right. That's that's interesting that you brought that up because that was um, after looking at some of your work. I his his name popped into my head, and I thought, hmm. and the reason was is because I feel like a lot of your work, even though it's very fluid, that it's it's angular. It's more angular than I thought it was. Say when I looked at it earlier. Really? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's something of uh you know, this whole idea about being in California, being in Santa Monica. I think, you know, as much as I wish I had a different space to work, I think working in my garage where I'm op- where my space is open to the garden and the birds and 
bits of yard and trees and a little corner of a pool that that's in my work it's embedded in my work you see all of that in my paintings and so in the same way that his paintings are just embedded uh with his environment yeah yeah and i realized i i think i've it was the the PST, um, the Pacific Standard Time, when that exhibit was going on and seeing the Diebenkorn show at, at the Orange County Museum of Art, I felt like, okay, I'm really, a, I'm a California painter. Wow. You know, I don't, you know, I don't like to, you know, California space and light and all that stuff. I don't think of myself as being that kind of artist. I really am. I'm. I am that. You know. I'm in my space. I am. I am in my environment, and so I might as well just acknowledge that. Right. Um. But then there are. You know. There's also uh, Nathan Oliveira. Uh, Oliveira had some influence on me, and. You know, just color and the figure and the way the figure's embedded in the environment. But also, you know, recently I've really come to appreciate and admire, um, uh, Chaz Garabedian and Kathy Bradford, both of whom I've had the pleasure to, uh, interview, uh, for okay. the series. Um, Kathy I, was a conversation I did, uh, by email, but I, Got to sit down with um, Chaz Garabedian, which Garabedian, which was uh, a real treat. Um, his work is uh, really exciting, and he's, you know, so uh, such an individual. And I think I kind of identify with that. Just that sort of standing alone. I mean, I feel in many ways like I don't fit anywhere, which sometimes is, you know makes me feel a little isolated being out here and not being yeah. part of things. But, um, and Kathy, you know, she did that show, the triumph of human painting, I think it was. And the, I just really relate and respond to her work. And then there's tons of people. I mean, there's, I feel like that I could name, you know, half of our yeah. friends in common or all of our friends in common. Yeah. all of them. You know, there's uh, yeah, there's so many people. Um, yeah, it's it's impossible to list. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Do you have an artist quote you would like to share? Okay. Um, I yeah. There's let's see. There's here's a, this is a quote from James Rosenquist. I actually copied and pasted these so I would get these right. Uh, oh cool. <clears throat> this is from uh, his memoir, but. I don't have the book in front of me, so I apologize because I don't have the title of it. Um, Painting has everything to do with memory. Images of the unexpected, the surreal, well up, unbidden in your mind, as do things you haven't resolved. A bizarre scene from your childhood that seemed unfathomable at the time will linger in your memory for years. I love that quote. Oh wow! Because that sense of you know that reverie and and the kind of the way in which memory and time and the unconscious 
work in your painting and in life that that, that seems to apply for me kind of in everything that I do. And then, and here's another one. This is, okay. this is a writer. This is a, an author, one of my, from one of my favorite books. Um, but it's a, it's a book about a painter. In fact, this is Margaret Atwood in the book Cat's Eye. I think I've read this book, I don't know, five times. Oh, wow. And this, uh, so here's the quote. But I began then to think of time as having a shape something you could see like a series of liquid transparencies, one laid on top of another. You don't look back a long time, but down through it like water. Sometimes this comes to the surface, sometimes that, sometimes nothing. Nothing goes away. Oh, wow. Isn't that great? That's wonderful. I love how it ends. I know. Nothing goes away. Nothing goes away. <laughs> nothing. So that's, to me, I mean, again, that's why you know, all everything that I do, you know, whether it's painting or work in my office or just being, living, I mean, it's all coming out of the same place. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. I mean, you really seem sensitive to what, what you know, your environment and whether it be, you know, right, out, right outside of your studio or, right. or across the country. Right, right. You know? Yeah. That's great, and I think that would be uh, that would be a challenge to sort of how that can be injected in the work. Mm. Right. Well, yeah, injected, and then it, it's in some ways that word is really interesting. That word injected, because in some ways it's like walking around with your filters open all the time. If you know what I mean, it's like you don't have your uh, you have your radar open all the time, or your yeah yeah to be receptive. Yeah, exactly, receptive all yeah. the time. Yeah, that's a, a lot of uh, looking and, yeah. and listening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So here's my uh, tough question of the day. Okay. <laughs> Can you use three to five words to describe your work? Ah, okay. Um, <laughs> yes, for the wordsmith, yes, haha. Um, you know, I was working on this. I was thinking about this the other day. It can be a phrase if you'd like. Yeah, it, you know, it all went out of my head as soon as you asked. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the word. Well, I mean, actually, the word, my my husband was saying to me, he thought emotional should be in there, except I just don't know if the work, if emotion comes through. What was the word you used? I like that one. What, the tragedy? Tragedy. Yeah, except, I don't know, tragedy, like, maybe that's not a good word. Visceral, (laughs) textural. Did you say visceral? Visceral. I don't know. Sometimes it is. Yeah, I don't think I now. It's, I'm all. I've lost all my words. Well, you came up with you come up with uh, emotion, emotional. That's yeah, what you said, maybe right? Maybe emotional. And then uh, visceral, which is a good word. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's all going out of my head. Now I feel, now I feel really dumb. You're going to be disappointed in me. I, I, no, come on. Anything. Are you kidding me? We scraped the surface of so many like potentially deep conversations. It's just that <laughs> they wouldn't fit inside an hour interview. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well. Yeah. As soon as as soon as we uh, hang up, I'm going to think of like all these words. I'm going to want to call you back and say, "Wait, wait I, I want to add them. I want to add them." The interview part too. Yeah, right. Well, reverie. I mean, reverie is like a word that I think of all the time. Um, but it's it's like there's this process. There's a process thing that goes on. But I just that word might not. Yeah, I'm 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 coming up empty. I'm coming up. No. <laughs> you came up with like I think four already. Yeah, I know. But it's, which is it's only, which is fine. I don't. Yeah, I don't have to be that strict about it. Okay. <laughs> There's, which I noticed, some of your works are really small. Yeah, yes. And I, you know, it was deceiving because I, you know, there's so much energy involved that I would have guessed them to be much larger. Yeah. You know, and just making some notes here. And there's really a mysterious picture plane is one of the other things I wrote down. Oh, that's nice. Like at least one of the images you sent me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like not sure if I should enter or if I should because it's, you know, it's it's almost... Um, a call to action in some way, oh. as far as a viewing experience. That's not, which one are you looking at? Wow, <laughs> I'm gonna have a horrible time pronouncing this, but Dumkoff, 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 Dumkoff. I think it means I, I meant it to be like a d- dumb head or empty head, stupid head. Oh, funny. Yeah, but that's the one I was thinking of uh-huh. in particular. Well, because I, that one was, um, I was tr- what, what I've been trying to do in these recent paintings was uh, get into um, not thinking paintings. Right. Yeah. And so that that was one of the not thinking paintings, um, sort of getting back to things that were more sort of happening at a deeper level. You know what I... This, so this sort of goes back to what we were talking about, about um, the creative block and sort of getting back into um, uh, what Jerry Saltz refers to as, like, go to hell with your paintings. <laughs> and so these are my hell paintings. And... The ones you sent me? Well, those last... To, I think the, I suppose those other ones are kind of previous versions of hell paintings because they were coming from that same place of you know deeper personal work. Um, I so I think they would constitute that. Uh, but but that so the the title it was kind of a reference to you know the not thinking paintings but. Clearing, clear, clearing the head of that kind of clutter. Yeah, right, right. And some of the some of the works too, I think, kind of like, I don't, I don't know if I want to say figurative, but some of them really have this like, almost like an organic being within the painting. Yeah. In some way, like there's like some type of something that's a focal point and it reminds me of sea life some of them mm. like or an imagined imagined sea life 
is very fluid, so you would imagine it it would come from the ocean. Yeah, I you know I had prior to I guess 2010 or maybe 2010, I had been doing pretty consistently. I was doing figurative work, and then after the Japan earthquake, my um, and tsunami, my work became much more abstract. And then the figure returned somewhat, but, but very different. So that when you see figurative elements, they're, they're, it's greatly changed. I mean, I, I, that's why I don't feel like I fit into any one category. I'm not a straight figurative painter. I'm not a strictly abstract painter. I, I don't, I don't even know what to, you know, I don't know what to, call myself um, <laughs> I think I was just in a show uh, or actually it's, it's ongoing now it's called Millennial Abstraction but I, you know I'm not sure if I'm, I think there may be one or two people in that show where there's a little bit of figurative work that kind of peeks in so yeah I think you're right in a couple of these there, there are some figurative elements but you know, you might not even know unless you're looking for it. Yeah, true. I wouldn't have known. I wouldn't have thought sea life, but you know, I, I guess it depends on. Well, it's sort of interesting. Now I've got a. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> most most of the time, uh, I'd like to not think of, yeah, um, yeah. not bring much to preconceived ideas to any work, but, and that just could be what it is. Is just taking mm-hmm. some of myself yeah. and. And it's like when you hear a song and you think, oh, wow, that's about me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You mean it's not always about me? <laughs> but that's, I think, you know, what I like most about painting is the work that leaves it open for a kind of subjective experience for the viewer. Right. You know, including when I'm the viewer. I don't want somebody to tell me, this is what it is. You know, I, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like how there, that's impossible to say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I don't know if, if one can figure everything out about a, any particular painting, then they more power to them. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for the invitation to do it. It's like a, it's oh, no really problem. a great thing. Um, I really enjoy. I haven't had a chance to listen to all of them, but I've listened to tons of them. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah. This has been Oddcast. Thank you from me, your host, Philip J. Mellon. Keep the dialogue going. <laughs>